Welcome to the Sailor Circle podcast, where we help you pause, pray, and pay attention to what God is doing in your life. I'm Sherry Boykin, your host. Let's get started. Well, today we are talking about ministry. So for any of you at all who serve the Lord in any capacity whatsoever, this is for you especially. Uh, It's a story that comes right from the Peruvian Amazon jungle, true story that happened several years ago. And I would like to share it with you because it shows how God literally saved me from putting my foot so far into my mouth that I would never retrieve it again. Campamento Malaria. Camp Malaria, exactly what it sounds like. It was just a little area on the outskirts of the Peruvian Amazon jungle where our mission headquarters was located. And uh, each year, a group of kids from the jungle would be taken further into the jungle for a week of camp that we prayed would change their lives forever. Now, this one particular year, I was the only American who was invited to be a part of that particular camp ministry for that particular group of children. Uh, I was thrilled to be a part of it because I was a kid who grew up loving summer camp and everything about it and I thought wow this is such a perfect fit. I was asked to be a counselor and uh, to be the camp storyteller. Perfect. So there we were. We got together on a Monday afternoon. We got all the kids out to the camp and uh, got settled into our cabins, which was a very interesting experience, you might imagine. And as we got ready for the evening meal, we were lined up in front of the dining hall with our camp cheers and our challenges to other cabins and all that fun stuff that generally happens at camp. Then we start to head into the dining hall. And as I got to the doorway, uh, a gentleman just tapped me on the shoulder and said, Hermana, senorita? I said, yeah. And uh, he says, would you mind not eating tonight? You see, we ended up a little short on food, and we thought that tonight we would feed the men and the boys, and uh, tomorrow we would let the women and girls eat. Would that be okay with you? And just before... I could let something stupid slip out of my mouth, as it often did. Like, what are you kidding? I'm so hungry now I could eat the hind leg off of a horse. The Lord just arrested my mouth. And he caused me to think two things. Number one, consider what was just said to you, Sherry, from the perspective of the man who just said this. What must that have been like to him? And number two, there's probably more to this story than you are currently aware of. And the Lord caused me to respond saying, Claro, of course, that's fine. Claro. We went into the dining hall. Every woman and girl in the dining hall that night was absolutely fine. And I was absolutely fine. At some point, I had to consider, the Lord has had me come here for an entire week. He will feed me and I will be fine. So we sat there across the table from each other. We laughed, we joked, we told stories, we played games. And then afterwards, when we sent the kids out to play, I joined the kitchen staff to, at, the, at the river to wash the dishes. 
And that's what we did. And I remember them looking at me as though, she really is okay. I can't believe this. She's, she seems fine. And it occurred to me then how important it was to do exactly what they asked me to do. Wait. They were all going to do it. They weren't asking me to do anything that they are, weren't also going to do. Just wait. And it also occurred to me that it ought to be a much bigger learning experience for anyone to live with you, to see how you act and how you respond in different circumstances than it ought to be for them to take a class from you, a Bible study. Those are good things. Don't, don't mistake me. Those are all helpful in their own ways, but it ought to have a greater impact on someone to live with you and see how you do life in Christ than it is to just hear you talking about doing life in Christ. And later on, you know what I found? I found that they didn't ask for money from any American when they realized that they had far more campers than they were able to feed with the money that they had. That, that, that was that they didn't ask any Americans because as they said, last time we did, they made such a big stink about it. My translation of what they actually said. They made such a big stink about it that we decided we'd never do that again. And as future missionaries and ministry leaders, pastors, whatever and whoever it is that God has you to minister to, never make the mistake of thinking that money is yours simply because it happens to be in your pocket. It all belongs to the Lord. And the fact that he may have provided it for you to distribute or to use or to give does not mean that you have to act as if it's a stingy exercise, an exercise in trying to keep as much as you can for yourself and to deny it of anyone else who might ask for it. I know there are dynamics on mission fields all over the world where, well, the American walks in and now the this financial situation of this whole ministry has now gone up. Well, you know what? I get that. But let me tell you, the money is all his. And we need to act like that. We're going to take a look at uh, the story of Elijah the prophet and the widow of Zarephath is found in 1 Kings chapter 17. And it is a story that has that very same dynamic going on in it. And it's one I think will serve us well. So take a look for a moment, please, at 1 Kings chapter 17. This is a time in Elijah's life where he has been separated for a considerable time from where he normally lives and from the people that he's normally with to be alone in a valley next to a brook. And he would have to depend on ravens to bring him his food. Bread and meat, the scriptures say, were brought to him by ravens in the morning and in the evening every day. And he was to get his water from a brook that would eventually dry up. 
And this is where we jump into this story in 1 Kings chapter 17 with Elijah, the prophet. It says here, just as we just explained, some time later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Elijah, saying, Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. And so he, Elijah, went to Zarephath, and when he came to the town gate, sure enough, there was a widow there gathering sticks. And he called to her and asked, uh, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I might have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he said, Oh, and um, one other thing, bring me, please, a piece of bread. The widow responds to Elijah, the water was not a problem. Gladly, go get you some water. But to the question of bringing him a piece of bread, she responds in verse 12, As surely as the Lord your God lives, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks together right now to go home and make a meal for myself and for my son that we may eat it and die. It's all we have. It's all we have. I do want you to notice that she says, as the Lord your God lives, not the Lord my God or the Lord our God, the Lord your God, just so that you know, I am totally not kidding. <laughs> and Elijah responds saying to her, do not be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and for your son. Do you understand that she has just said, I barely have anything. And you want me to go give you the last pancake in the house. Really? And then somehow there's going to be more magically? What? For myself and for my son? As she listens to Elijah, something apparently happens. And I'll tell you why I know that. Verse 14, Elijah continues speaking, For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. It'll be enough. I know it doesn't seem like enough, but it will be enough. Trust me, this is what the Lord says. So, verse 15, she went away and did as Elijah had told her. What would you have? I, be honest with you, I don't know that it would have been so easy for me to obey him in what seemed like a ridiculousness. But the end of verse 15. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and for her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. The Lord caused it to be so, plain and simple. 
Verse 17, sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. And she, the woman, the widow, says to Elijah, what do you have against me, man of God? What do you have against me? Did you come here to remind me of my sin and kill my son? Is that what this is all about? Some big joke? Why would that happen here? It's a question that many of us ask when we see the unfolding story of God in our lives and when we are in ministry and this happens around us and we feel like, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do. You realize suddenly, but let it not be so suddenly for you who are on your way perhaps to this very situation because you, let it be that you have heard it here first is that the Lord will be busy teaching you at the same time that he is teaching the national with whom you work. The unsaved person with whom you work. The people with whom you live. He is teaching you at the same time. It will never be true that you have so arrived at wherever it is that the Lord intends to get you, that you have no need to be taught any further by him or anyone else. That will never be true on this side of glory. And so Elijah doesn't try to answer a question for which he has no answer. Instead, verse 19, he says, uh, 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 give me your son. He took him from her arms, carried him to the upper room where he was staying, and laid him on his bed. And then he cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, you have brought tragedy even on this widow I am staying with by causing her son to die. Is that what it is that's going on here? Have you caused this, Lord? And then he stretched himself out on the boy three times and he cried out to the Lord, his God, Lord, my God, let this boy's life return to him. Let his life return. Please let his life return to him. Verse 22, then the Lord heard Elijah's cry and the boy's life returned to him. And he lived. The boy's life returned to him and he lived. Elijah picked up the child and carried him down from the room into the house. He gave him to his mother and said, look, your son is alive. And verse 24, so key to this story. Then the woman said to Elijah, Know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. Now I know. Not when you first said it to me, perhaps. Not when you first arrived. Not when you first asked me for water and for a piece of bread. But now that I have observed the truth of what you said, 
working its way through every day of our lives since you arrived here. Now that I have seen what you have done with the tragedy of my son being so ill as to die, now I see how you have handled that thing that was truly tragic, not by retracting the word of the Lord previously spoken by you to me, but now that I have observed you in my company, in my land, and in my house, I see that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the honest truth. Let that be the thing that distinguishes you as a missionary, as a ministry leader, as a teacher, whatever it is that God has called you to do and wherever it is that lands you. Let that be the testimony of your life, that living with you is far more important and far more effective than taking a class from you because you will have taught them on a level that few others will even dare to do. Let your faith be the thing that goes beyond what you could ever say. Your faith and your life that exemplifies your faith. Let that be the thing that carries your message to the hearts of those to whom God will give you. Well, thank you for joining us today at the Sailor Circle podcast. Please be certain you are subscribed on whatever platform you are viewing or listening to us today. And um, be certain also to share this with someone you know would enjoy hearing it.